Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. So this is one of my most favorite topics that I get to talk about on the podcast, and I am grateful that I get to do this every single year. So today we're going to be diving into my five top opportunities in 2022, otherwise known as a little bit of crystal ball gazing and making some predictions around the the things that I see that are going to continue to change the landscape of business for sales and for you in particular, not only as a business owner, but ultimately as a consumer that is actively going through your day-to-day, making purchases, thinking about things that you need to buy, and how this all kind of comes together. So today, this episode is not going to be specifically strategic or tactical, meaning like, I want you to go and set up this new funnel, or I want you to go and check out this new chatbot. That's not really the intent and the purpose behind today's episode. Today is going to be more principle and philosophically based, which is going to allow you to think really critically about your role in the changing world that we are part of and how interesting and dynamic it is um, to see some of these cutting edge technologies that are driving a lot of the ways that we're doing business now and moving forward. So with that, I'm going to dive into my top five opportunities for you that I want you to consider and take a look at and see how this might apply to your business. I'm going to give you some examples and I definitely want you to listen till the very end because I'm going to save my best for last, my most favorite one that I think is going to create the biggest opportunity, especially for you as a small business owner. So with that being said, let's dive into number one, numero uno. So the biggest opportunity that I see right now that If you've been living under a rock, uh, you may not have heard about, but chances are you're starting to see grumblings in the, the market. You're starting to hear about things on the news. If you have been like me and maybe you're still watching regular old TV, you've probably seen some commercials for some of these things that are starting to infiltrate our regular day to day decisions, right? The things that we're doing every single day. The first one is decentralization. Now, this concept of decentralization is not new, but it is definitely going blockbuster because of the prevalence and the popularity of crypto. Cryptocurrency, NFTs is definitely driving this particular idea and focus of decentralization, especially in a highly regulated, highly formalized finance world. Now, in case you didn't know, my background actually comes from banking and finance here in Canada, which is highly regulated and very, very compliant. There's lots of rules, there's lots of regulations. So you better believe that I've been watching this with a very, very um, careful eye, very 
interested in how this might change the landscape as we know it. And it's already started to shift things and shift the dynamics of how people are starting to communicate with one another, how they're starting to appreciate certain things. And it's a bit interesting because the concept of decentralization, again, is about flattening who has access and who has information that typically has been behind, you know, gated walls, so to speak, right? So with the idea of decentralization, let's first go and take a look at what does it actually mean, right? So let me pull up the dictionary definition for you. Um, so decentralization, according to the dictionary definition, is the transfer of control of an activity or organization from one single component, right, one central area to several other areas. So a lot of times it's thought about as it relates to government or authority or regulations, um, but it can really apply to so many different concepts and ideas, right? And so even within your company, you may have decentralized decision making if you have created autonomy and, and empowered your team to be able to make certain decisions on their own. So you've decentralized some of that role and responsibility. So the whole process of decentralization is really about shifting control. It's about moving the focus of control from one main group or one main person or one main identity into several smaller ones. And so as an example, if we were to use like government, right, when we take a look at uh, decentralization of government, then we would be giving more power to the individual components of the government. Maybe it's a, the office or the state or the province for those of us that are in Canada versus at the higher level, at the national, at the federal uh, or global levels. So when we're looking at this particular trend and opportunity, what I want you to think about is number one, it impacts so many different areas, right? Because if there is a decentralization of access to not only information, but control regulations and, and things that we would typically have to rely on one main group, almost like an oligopoly, right? Where it is now, instead of being a, a monopoly and only one control group, that there's several of us that now have access to something that previously was reserved and almost made special to the select few that got access to it. So if we use this in the concept of crypto, because I believe that crypto and NFTs in particular, so NFT is a non-fungible token. Now, I am not the expert in all of this, but I definitely am very curious about how this is shifting and changing the language, the interactions, and how we think about finance in particular, because if you didn't notice, being a business owner means that you need to take a crash course in numbers and money, because everything that you do is designed to support your own individual economy, the microeconomy of you and your business and your family and the people that you support inside of your teams, but ultimately your clients and then the wider world at large. So there is this huge opportunity in this ripple effect that this concept of crypto has across the board. So NFTs in particular have made it so that there is an immediate marketplace for a lot of folks, mostly who have in uh, tr in the traditional sense, been less likely to make money. Now, at the time of this recording, just uh, about a month or two ago, there was a 12-year-old artist, 
a young lady who had drawn, I think it was more than 3,000 drawings and sold them as NFTs in the marketplace and received more than $4 million as a result of her creations. Is your mind blown? Right, because that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the opportunity to decentralize who has access to your creative works. And in this example here, this is a real life example of somebody who has taken this and like run with it and created her own microeconomy. She has created a creator economy for herself and for her fans that have now said, yes, I believe in the value of what you have created such that I am going to trade my money for your NFT and get a piece of your work of art so that I own a creation. Now, as well, what it's done is it has decentralized not only access to a global world and a global audience for this young lady, but it's also allowed those people in her audience to now have access to art that, again, traditionally, um, art and, and, you know, antiques and some of these things that are very like she-she, and I use that in air quotes, uh, have traditionally been seen more in the realm of an exclusive social tier, right? That you would only be buying art if you made a certain amount of money, if you drove a certain type of car, if you lived in a certain neighborhood, if you had uh, a certain type of educational level, and what NFTs in particular are teaching us, all of us, that it is not the case. It's decentralized. So remember, it's moved the control from one central uh, location or individual or group, in this case, a socioeconomic class potentially, and has now moved it and shifted it into more of a decentralized way of many people in many different places across the world, across different backgrounds and income levels to now have access. Now, you may be thinking, Susan, you know, you're speaking from a place of privilege because obviously if people are not making a certain amount, they're not even going to be thinking about the concept of NFTs or crypto or decentralization. Yes, I totally understand and I respect the position that I'm coming from. But at the same time, I know that if you're listening to this podcast, that you already have some privileges with how you can use your influence, your impact and use those for a force for good in order to create more income. And I'm telling you right now that if you are sleeping on this idea of decentralization and you are continuing to create more and more distance between what you do and how you help your audience, that it is going to ostracize and and make the gap wider. I have seen people who literally are just sharing their journey. And, uh, And this will speak to those of you myself included, that have ever struggled with imposter syndrome. Because the funny thing about imposter syndrome is the more you know, the more you realize that you don't know, and it can get in your way, right? It can stop you from actually trying to help as many people as possible, because you think, who am I to do this? Well, goodness gracious, who are you not to do this? When there are people who literally are just showing folks, 
here's what I did and it worked for me and I hope that I can help you. And then it quickly snowballs and turns into, can you teach me how to do this? Can you create a course on this? Can you, like, I want to pay you for this. And you are probably sitting and shaking your head and nodding and thinking, yes, I've seen that. I have seen where people are literally not as authorized in my area of expertise. They're not as credible. They don't have as many years. They don't have the the credibility or the authority really on paper, but for whatever reason, they're getting bigger, better results. They're moving faster along this path. And I'm telling you right now that the core principle behind it that is not going to go away anytime soon is decentralization. That this idea that the big companies or the big influencers are the ones that are are authorized or have enough worth or value that they're the only ones that can teach this and make a lot of money doing it. Here's clear and plain evidence that that's not the case. I have seen somebody who who was a lawyer in a former career, uh, had crippling amounts of student loan debt. And as she was going through her own financial journey and trying to figure out how do I save money? How do I pay down these debts? How do I do this when I just turned down, you know, a massive I think it was like a quarter of a million dollar salary and decided to do something differently that maybe didn't make as much money initially, but I needed to make it work because it fulfilled my soul. It it allowed me to do more of what I wanted to do and live a life of fulfillment just by sharing her journey. She quickly was able to gain traction as guess what? Not a legal expert, although she does have her legal business still, but as a financial expert, simply because this idea of decentralization and giving people access to more information, instead of having to go to the traditional banker or insurance agent or financial planner, or somebody who has more authority, and I use again, air quotes for that, because it's perceived, right? You can help somebody with what you already know. And decentralization is going to happen more and more and more. And it's going to transform the landscape. In fact, I had a client that reached out to me because he was creating a blockchain type of technology that will allow people to directly connect brand and influencer with the end consumer. That's you and me, friend, the person who would be buying from those brands and those companies so that it kind of cuts out the middleman and, again, makes it so much so much more easily accessible to have direct connection and direct interaction and a relationship with the companies that in the past have felt like they're almost in an ivory tower. This idea of decentralization is not going to go away. So the question becomes, how do you use this? Do you want to you know, dive in by using some kind of decentralization technology like blockchain? Does it make sense for you to dive into the crypto or the NFT marketplace? Or does it make more sense for you to just think about how you can encourage your ideal clients and your audience members to now have access? Like, does this mean that you, instead of being, you know, somebody that's far off in a pedestal, that you now are walking alongside of your clients, which is my recommendation and has been the whole way along. But I think now more than ever, people are really, really looking for, I need a guide. I need somebody who has already walked this, but is not so far removed that it feels like you have all the experience and the knowledge and I have nothing because that is the opposite of decentralization. Decentralization is really about, remember, 
moving the control from one individual, one company, one organization, one thought or principle into multiple areas and spreading the wealth of that wisdom and spreading the wealth of the control and the access so that everybody can benefit. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And this is the whole idea behind decentralization. Number two, okay, the, the second top opportunity that I see for 2022, sustainability. Now, you might be rolling your eyes because you're thinking, oh, what does this mean? So this will mean different things to different people. For me in particular, sustainability is really about how you build your business model. Now, more than ever, we have seen such a shift in the global economy over the last two years with things that we thought were temporary, right? With all the things that happened around a global pandemic and shutdowns and things that could or couldn't work, uh, supply chain issues with things happening again around the world where we had to really think about how reliant are we on other countries and other systems and other processes and other industries in order to be able to produce what we do. Now, if you're a product-based business, this is going to be definitely much more, uh, you know, hit home for you versus those of us that provide services. But if you're an expert, a thought leader, you know, a speaker, author, coach, consultant, service provider that has a level of expertise, please don't tune me out right now because sustainability is really about making sure that your business is built for long-term. And what I have seen is that there are still a lot of people who are looking for immediate opportunities and immediate gains and becoming a one-shot wonder, a one-hit wonder. That didn't make any sense at all. Does anybody remember those from, and I'm probably dating myself, you know, from the 80s and 90s, the 2000s, the music bands and the um, creatives that ended up putting out this massive blockbuster hit only to disappear because they weren't able to figure out a framework and a formula that really resonated. There wasn't that magical combination of things that would allow them to keep riding it out over and over and over again. Now, maybe music is not the best example, right? Because it's a little bit of a fickle industry, but I want you to think about for yourself, have you built a business that is designed for longevity? Is the business model that you're creating today, does it make sense for how you want to operate as a CEO and as a leader for your organization? Is it something that people can get behind? More, more, most importantly, is it something that you can get behind? Is this something that you can see yourself doing a year, three years, five years, 10 years from now? And if not, why? And why have you built it this way if it wasn't built for sustainability? Because here's what I know. I keep seeing, and I, it's the number one thing that I get all my clients about. And if you're listening right now, you know this to be true. Like, why are you building something that will make money? Making money is easy. Making money is simple. Making money is fast. But building a business that is designed to not only make money, but also create impact and influence, that is the holy grail. And too many people are sacrificing sustainability for immediate impact, immediate gratification. And I will say that, you know, our addiction to dopamine and quick hits and, and really easy results and low hanging fruit, while that is good for the short term and to be able to ride out the gaps in between lulls in your business and your business cycle, it does not a sustainable business make. So right now, as you're kind of thinking about 
uh, planning out for next year, depending on when you're listening to this, right? At the time of this recording, this is slated to go out at the end of 2021. As you reflect and refine some of what you already did in 2021, and you're thinking about what about next year and how can I maximize this opportunity for me? How do I dive into sustainability in a more robust way? Does it mean that you need to completely change your business model? Gosh, I hope not. But does it mean that you may need to do a little bit of fine tuning and tweaking, you know, massaging certain offers or the way that you're expending your energy and using your resources in a different way so that as changes have happened, you can now narrow down and get even more focused on how does this work over the long term? So that instead of being a one hit wonder in the business arena that you're in, that you're going to be here as the long standing, you know, um, like queen, queen, even after uh, Freddie Mercury has passed away, those songs, they're timeless. They followed a tried and true like pattern of repeatable success because they did what they love 100% number one, but they also were able to leverage all of the gifts and, and, and packaged them in such a way that people wanted to hear that music over and over and over again. And even now with Adam Lambert as the lead singer, they are still going strong. I want that for you. Could you imagine that even after you're gone, that the legacy that you've created with the, the content, the creation, and the programs and services that you have made are going to make such a big impact? That is my definition of sustainable, that you could walk away from your business and somebody else could take over, that you could continue to teach what it is that you want to teach and that people are going to learn from what it is that you do, even without you directly being involved. How do you ensure that that happens? How do you ensure that the results that you're creating are not like a exponential increase and then a crash and burn? Because that is a surefire way to burn out. It is a surefire way to hate your business, and it is a surefire way to start building a business where you feel like an employee and an underpaid, undervalued employee at that. Because when we build for maximum opportunity, which I will say in the online space, it's really sexy, right? Like one of my main programs and offers, uh, you may have already received it for my free uh, free offers, a free resource, is my six-figure and six-month blueprint. It's sexy. It definitely is. But I've said time and time again that the reason why I was able to make that work finally after so many failed attempts was because I had a 20 year plus runway building up my skills, mastering the skill of what I needed to do inside of that my business such that when I went into online space and there was, you know, a magical combination of things that happened at the right time at the right place with the right combination of people and skills and desire, boom, six months before I saw that level of success. But 20 years, including several failed businesses, they all made many, but not the, the, the amount that I needed in order to create a sustainable type of business model. And that's why I kept quitting and saying it's not for me. And so I want you to think about how sustainable is your business right now? How well could you have this work in the far off future, as well as in the here and now? And what needs to shift, if anything, in order for you to feel like you're getting more peace, 
more fulfillment, and more results from the activities that you're doing. And instead of doing more and more and more and more, I would encourage you to really laser focus and come from a place of abundance and let go of the things that aren't serving you so that you can create a highly profitable and a highly sustainable business. Okay. That's exactly what we're talking about inside of my accelerator program. If you want more details, please feel free to send me um, a message on Instagram. Just send me a DM saying accelerator. The third top opportunity, gamification, or is it gamification? It's one of those potato, potato words, isn't it? So gamification is, again, nothing super new, but in the world of business, I think it's going to continue to take off. So what does this look like? Well, gamification is really about gamifying things, right? And it's about encouraging people, especially adults, to have more fun, to make more progress, and to actually take the desired actions that you want. Because if you are creating transformation for your clients, you know that that doesn't always happen overnight. It's great when it does, but a lot of times there's a lot of different factors that go into why people get results and why other people don't. At the end of the day, the only thing that people can control, including you and me, friend, is whether or not we show up consistently and do the desired activity. So for my clients, they need to make offers. They need to do the other activities that are connected to making offers consistently. Usually that means daily. Does it mean that they have to send out, uh, you know, does it mean that they need to send out emails every day or be on social media every day or do live videos every day? No, it doesn't. But they know that in order for them to make more sales, it is directly related to how many opportunities are being made for potential clients to join their programs, to pay them, to come into their uh, different opportunities. And if they don't ever share, if they never talk about it, then it's going to be a lot more difficult for people to actually buy, like to give them money. So the activity could look like I'm going to, to uh, reach out to five people today, or it could be I'm going to do a video once a week, you know, long form piece of content. I'm going to share my offers and do a, a campaign or a promotion uh, once a month. So and all of the other promotional activities that would lead into that in order for them to be consistent. So a way for me to gamify some of these, and we've done this in the past inside of Sales Mastery Society, is to do a challenge where after they do a certain amount, um, there's a winner that's declared simply because they show up and they're consistently doing the activity regardless of the results. But I know, just like you know, when your clients do something consistently over and over and over again that is directly designed to help them to receive results, of course, that's inevitable but we can't control when it happens because there's other forces at play that we don't directly influence. We can't just reach out and say, you must buy now. We can influence and persuade and make the opportunity a lot more likely to happen. But at the end of the day, you know, if somebody all of a sudden has to go into surgery and they had already said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in joining XYZ program. Well, that is completely uncontrollable. They're about to go into surgery. They're not going to be in the right frame of mind or physically able to do something if that is your area of expertise, right? So I'm just giving you a wild example because there is somebody that I know who is about to go into surgery today and she is on my mind and on my heart and in my prayers. So how does this influence you? 
and your business. Because this whole concept of gamification, um, a lot of learning management systems will build it in, right? So they will give you uh, ways to track points or certificate or a little quiz or something. I have been in programs where if you do a little bit like an, an Easter egg hunt, right? The first seven days that you're inside of the program, you have to do certain tasks and activities. They're very simple. They're not anything related really directly to the course, but it allows people to just feel like, yeah, I'm getting a win. I'm doing something. I'm moving forward in making progress. And when they finish all of these activities, then they can submit you know, a bingo card or a checklist and send it in for a free gift card of some kind. That's a simple way for you to start to gamify things. If you are doing things where you are encouraging people to follow along with your content, you might want to give quick shout outs, right? So I've seen this. I think Gary Vee might do it. I definitely have seen Pat Flynn do it. So shout out to both of those guys. Um, I think Amy Porterfield has uh, at some point done this as well, where in order to encourage engagement with their social media communities in particular, if you are the first one to respond on a post on Instagram or on Facebook or YouTube, that you would then be entered into a draw for prizes. And they can be simple things, right? Things that you already have access to, things that you already can uh, produce and provide without really a huge expense to you. But guess what it does? Man, does it incentivize people and gamify the whole experience for them so that instead of it being like, oh, a mundane, I'm going to check this, they're excited and eager to be part of your community, that they want to help you and they want to help themselves because you know if they consume your content, if they take action on whatever it is that you're incentivizing them for, that they're going to get the result. They're going to get some kind of win. What kind of win is up to you and them? But really and truly, I want you to think about how can you encourage your audience, your ideal clients or your current clients to be and do what they're needing to do? Can you do that built into your systems? Can you use technology? Can you use um, you know, the, 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 the dangling carrot of some kind? Do you need to use a better bribe? And I kind of hate using that word, but I'm just thinking back to when my kids were little and when we were going through uh, a whole situation here of potty training and for any parents that know what, where I'm going with this, <laughs> you probably are laughing alongside me. There was a long period of time where it, if we didn't make it fun, it just wasn't going to happen. And we had charts. We tried all kinds of things to gamify it because sometimes the, the game that is required and the one that is the most fun for the person that's not only creating it, so that was me, and not only doing it, and that was each of my kids, it needs to be done differently. So my son's was different than my, my daughter's. My daughter loved doing gold stars because she is very achievement focused. So for her, every time that she got to go potty and she did it, she got to put up a star. And after so many stars, we got to pick a prize. Now, these were simple prizes, right? They didn't have to be super over the top. It was just an acknowledgement that you did it. And I'm so happy for you. And it allowed her to see progress as we were going through this big, long walk towards the next stage of her developmental journey. And taking something as simple as that 
It could be a star chart. It could just be a tracker. That's what I've done with my clients inside of the 30-day challenge that we have inside of Sales Master Society, where we did a 30-day challenge and I created a simple tracker so that they could go along and just keep track. Did I do it today? Did I do it today? And those that did were able to be entered into a draw every single week. And then there was a grand prize winner. It made things really fun and engaging on something that they needed to do anyways, but by doing it consistently, they would get better results. So what can you do? What can you do that would be simple and easy and fun for you to not only create, but also administer? And how can you use this as a way to not only encourage your clients to get better results, whether that's with your free content and on the front end, with some of the things that I shared around, you know, Gary Vee and Pat Flynn, being able to encourage that engagement with the initial content so that they could start to to dive in deeper with your paid content or with some of the things that I've shared around gamifying paid content opportunities. Now, there are absolutely systems that will help you to gamify. I'm not going to list them off here because there's a bunch of them. Do your own research and figure out, does this speak to you? Is this an opportunity that you want to dive into? And if so, what does that look like? Do some research and see how you could start to implement this, but you don't need to make it complicated. Remember, the name of the game here, pun intended, is to have fun, to encourage fun, and to encourage your audience and your ideal clients to keep moving along the journey with you and to chart their progress, more importantly, so that they can see how many wins they actually are making. Trend number four, my my fourth biggest opportunity for 2022. Smart systems, smart systems. Now, again, this may or may not apply to most of us that are in the business world or you know selling for clients. However, as a consumer, this is changing the landscape. And so we are all consumers that buy each other's products and services, right? Because if, if you never bought anything at all, businesses would go under. And so at the end of the day, you may still be growing in your skill set to increase your ability to sell, but you know how to buy. And because of that, I'm putting this in here because we are all buyers and consumers. And this particular opportunity is changing the landscape of how we do business and how we operate our lives. And as a result, it could create new opportunities, innovations, and technologies that you listening right now may have an idea for, or you may be developing or could incorporate into your business. So I want to share how this actually works because I've started to see some differences and people adopting this into their more traditional online-based business around coaching and consulting in particular, okay? So again, I want you to start conceptualizing how does this apply for me and how can I take what, what Susan is sharing on today's episode and start to think about how can I use this in my own business? Is this already something that I've paid attention to, I've noticed, and I'm starting to incorporate? Or is this an area of opportunity that I want to start leveraging because the trend line is not going to go away? In fact, it's going to continue to ramp up. So smart systems is really things that make life easier. So I'll give you a couple of examples. One, personally, uh, we just had our home system kind of upgraded a couple of months ago. And when the technician came, because part of that upgrade included a smart system for our front doorbell. So we have had, you know, in-house cameras for quite some time, but our front doorbell is just a traditional, like, bing bong, you push the button, nothing fancy, 
it works. It's very functional. But when they had this special promotion on, they said, well, you can upgrade and you get two, two different like smart systems. And I said, okay, what are they? And the doorbell was one of them. Now the doorbell is an integrated doorbell camera speaker system, which means that when we are not in the house, that if somebody was to ring the doorbell, we can see who they are. Number one, it records all the video. Number two, we can actually speak to them as if we were inside. And nobody would ever know that we aren't inside of the building. Now, this is super helpful for us because a lot of times uh, we are, not that we spend a lot of time outside or away from the house, but our children are often inside and they're both highly introverted and don't always like answering the door or are so far into video games that they don't even hear that somebody has rung the doorbell. So number one, it increases our safety, it increases our communication, and it just makes things a lot simpler and faster and easier for us to operate our day-to-day. But this is a smart system. It can integrate with so many different areas of our, of, of our home if we wanted to increase the level of like complexity, I guess. But this has allowed us to do things that we typically didn't even know was an opportunity. That's what I'm talking about, right? Because now this doorbell is integrated into our phone. Like we literally, I could be driving, uh, sitting next to my husband and answering, guess what? The phone, my doorbell through my phone. So in my business, there have been things that I have been looking at and using right now, we're testing out some things with AI. So AI is artificial intelligence. It uses artificial intelligence in order to help increase or improve the, really, the client experience. Everything for me is all around client experience. So with smart systems, it's really about integrating all these different components of your business. And you probably already are doing this with your tech stack, right? Especially if you are an online-based business or if you do anything online, which hello, in the last two years in particular, most businesses have needed to to embrace being able to help people in a virtual world. I've been in the virtual space specifically since 2016, because I really had no other option. But if this is still a new area to you, I want you to just think your technology is already a smart system. When you have to integrate one with another, it's already speaking to each other. If you are using automations in order to do more with less time, less resources, you are already building in smart systems. If you are using any kind of artificial intelligence to help you with decision-making, if you are using some of the very, very popular right now, uh, content creation artificial intelligence systems like Jarvis, like um, PepperType, there's a whole bunch of, of different uh, ones available. I'll, I'll link up below the ones that I have, I have tried and tested so that you can kind of take a look for yourself. It is designed to help you to save time, to make things easier. And so I want you to think for yourself, are you a smart system for your clients? And now I'm not talking about the fact that you need to create a whole, you know, technological advancement thing. No, but are you making it easier for your clients to do business with you? Are you integrating the different components of what they are expecting? Or are you making things really difficult? Are you leveraging technology as much as you can? And is technology actually assisting you to create a better, more customized client experience? Or is it moving you further and further away from the relationship? Because I think it is 
you know, a very fine line between going so far into automation and robotics that things become robotic as opposed to a human experience being enhanced through smart systems, automations, technology, and robotics. Does that make sense? So when we're thinking about all of this, so I'll give you a, a live example of something that has happened that I've noticed. There are a lot of people that have been talking about apps. And Brendan Burchard, I, I'll give you a shout out, Brendan, because he, I don't know if it's new, but I, it was new to me. Like I hadn't really been paying attention to it. And he recently launched a program or a platform that is kind of an all-in-one, right? It's an all-in-one. It's a technology system. Now you may be rolling your eyes and going, Susan, I mean, that, that's something for Brendan. He's you know, way over there and can do all of these things. And how does this apply to me, little old me? Well, I have been seeing a lot of people trying to use and leverage technology to number one, create connections. Number two, encourage conversations. And number three, because this is my 3C methodology, my proprietary methodology that I've created, it increases conversions. Because the more intimacy that you can create, the more connection that you can create, the more collaboration opportunities that you can create, the more cooperation it feels like it's happening in order to create synergy between human beings and the technology that you use, the better everybody is, right? And this is, again, not to get so focused on what the technology is that you miss the forest for the trees. This is really about are you encouraging your ideal clients to come to a place of gathering that uses technology absolutely in a way that makes the most sense for you? So when I first started my business, my smart system was actually not very smart. It was very, very simple. It was PayPal, Acuity, and Facebook, Facebook groups in particular. And I created my own little system and my framework and my methodology that then created multiple six figures year over year over year really easily and simply working less than 20 hours because I was still recovering from a major health crisis. And on the flip side of that was very, very near to burnout several times because of my recovering health crisis. That simple system though, right? It's a smart system because they all kind of communicated one to the other through me. Now, more and more as my business has grown, I have had less and less reliance on one individual platform and looking at integrating my systems together so that there's less of me involved so that I can spend more time with my clients delivering the service, creating the things that I want to create like this podcast episode for you. So how can you use smart systems, whether it's through AI inspired technologies to help you with your content creation, with your automations, with integrating things one to the other, to make it simpler and faster and easier for people to do business with you, to reduce the friction for people to move forward in their journey. I want you to think about how this particular opportunity might fit for you. Okay, so that is, let's do a quick recap, right? Decentralization was number one. Gamification, number two. Sustainability, number three. Smart systems, number four, drum roll for the top five opportunity. Last but not least, I think it's the most important, social impact, social impact, otherwise known as purposeful and profitable businesses. However, here's what I want to say about social impact, because again, it's not something new, but 
I think that this top opportunity and this trend line is going to keep going up, especially as we move forward into 2022 and beyond, because the last couple of years have taught us, if anything, is that life is too short. And more importantly, life is too short to do something that you hate, that you dislike, that is less than. And so many people have lived a less than life, have been content with a less than result, whether it's in their life, in their relationships, in their health, in their spirituality, in their emotions, in their business, or in their career. I mean, 2021 alone has seen a mass exodus from the workplace, and that creates a huge and tremendous opportunity and responsibility for you and me, people who are already in the market, people who already service amazing business owners that want to do better in the world and that have now gone out of the workforce. And there's severe repercussions of this because imagine there is, I think it's the last number that I saw was 4.4 million people that mass exited the workplace with the great resignation that happened. The peak was around summer of 2021. Imagine there are, you know, millions of people less in the workforce today. That means that the companies that rely on stable people, right? The employees that help them to produce products, services, programs, things that you and I buy as consumers are no longer available or it has greatly declined. Now, I'm sure there's still people that are searching for a job. Gosh, I hope so, right? Because th then we're going to be dealing with repercussions for, for years and, and potentially decades. But I'm here to say that most people are looking for a different type of working relationship if they are in the workforce. And for you and your business, more than likely, especially this year, probably more so than last year, there is a greater degree of reflection and refinement. There is a greater degree of responsibility over what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And how do I want my business to support that? And I'm saying from conversations that I've been having with clients over the past few months in particular, that there is a large amount of responsibility that has been felt on our shoulders as we as business leaders in the market already are understanding that social impact and using our voice for good and using the money that we make to make change has become even more pressing now more than ever. And I'm saying right now that if you have some kind of social impact built or baked into your business, that is a good thing. And if you are not leveraging that as part of your brand story, which it may or may not make sense to do so, right? And I'll share with you a couple of examples from my own personal, personal situation. That now more than ever, individual consumers and businesses and employees that are looking for jobs. So if you run a business and you're looking to hire high quality team members, a lot of people are making decisions based off of the type of company that you own and operate. The way that your business impacts and changes the world, not only through your ability to help people, right? Directly through your products and services and programs, but by the ripple effect of what you're wanting to do to make change happen in the world? Meaning, do you have a heart for service? Do you do volunteerism? Do you do missions around the world? 
Do you want to go and set up a foundation? Do you want, do you set up schools in Africa? Do you want to create uh, wells that would go and provide clean drinking water? Are you pursuing uh, things that would support education in low or impoverished countries? Do you want to support the growing economy of um, you know, women and children or, or those types of micro businesses that are in third world and developing countries. For me, my mission is, has always been very loud and clear. The bigger mission that I've always wanted to support is to create more female millionaires, because for me, women and children is where my heart lies. And I know that when women have money, they can change the world because it means more choices, more control and more freedom. And when they have a seat at the table or they're creating the table because they have enough money to do so, the world can change. My goodness. And I believe that with every fiber of my being. And so a lot of the things that I do, um, we have helped donate. We have encouraged our communities to donate and we've done matching programs. We will continue to do that. And it's not directly part of my marketing. And that's not why I do it. We have been givers my whole life. I thank God for my parents for teaching me that lesson early on in life. But regardless of whether or not you incorporate it publicly or don't, that is completely up to you. But I'm letting you know right now that consumers like you and me, business owners like you and me, that those that are really incorporating and thinking thoughtfully and intentionally about our social impact, that that is not going to go away. In fact, I just bought a pair of um, mascara, a pair, two boxes. It was a deal, right? So I clicked on an ad as we do, and I ended up, and this was not the reason why I bought the product, but man alive, did it warm my heart when I saw this small little writing on the back of the box. When I opened up a package and I saw, cause it was mascara that, and I needed some new, new mascara ladies. If you feel me on this one, as I opened up the box and I was reading the package because I love some pretty packaging. And so this was a really nicely well-made box. And as I opened it up on the very back of the box, it had a, because it's not a big box. I mean, it's a bottle of mascara, a little snippet that said a portion of every sale goes towards planting a mangrove tree. And now hear me. That was not the main reason why I purchased this product. I had a need. I don't have any mascara. So literally it came at the right place at the right time. Perfect opportunity. I saw a video and I thought, boom, done. But now I'm sharing this company. Now, I'm not going to share the name directly. If you, if you want to know, you can send me an, uh, a message on Instagram and just let me know, mascara, and I'll share with you. Um, but this company is now doing good with something as simple as mascara. And I want you to know that if you create transformation through your products and services in your programs, your level of expertise, I already know that you're creating impact that improves lives of human beings. But I am going to guess that if you're anything like my clients and you're a high performing, ambitious woman or man, that you're doing this for more than just the money. Money's easy. Money's simple, right? You're doing this for more. And I'm going to guess that part of that 
is your social impact and that you want to do something that could create even bigger change, even more impact. And doing that in a bigger way, being able to encourage your audience to share what's near and dear to their heart, being able to share the bigger why behind what it is that's driving your results and what you do in the world today, I think is going to allow you to gain more momentum and more clarity, if not with anybody else other than yourself, than just for you. And when you get crystal clear on this is my North Star and this is why I do what I do, and here's the kind of impact that I'm going to create in the world, that that opportunity is not going to go away. In fact, I think it's going to deepen and deepen and deepen as more and more people are chasing after fulfillment, that they're looking for purpose, that they're looking for businesses that actually provide purpose and fulfillment through the work that they do in the market. And that speaks directly to me and that speaks directly to you. And so as we close off and, and you can see now why I saved the best for last, the one that is the most impactful for me. And I hope for you as well, that as you start thinking about how can you incorporate more of these opportunities? How are you already using these opportunities and how can you encourage yourself to really go all in, right? To not be afraid to say and put your stake in the ground and say, I stand as a force for good. I want to make my business more fun. And I'm going to encourage you guys to kind of play this game with me. Or I, I want to say no to all the things that I've done before because it's just not sustainable that I am going to really think about how I can decentralize and maybe become more of a guide as opposed to the guru for my ideal clients and leverage the smart system that I already have in my business so that I'm not the one that's having to produce and perform all the time to create those results, regardless of whichever one that speaks to you the most as an opportunity for you to take a look at and to dive into, dissect. And again, like I shared at the beginning, this is a little bit of, of an unusual top opportunity or trend crystal ball gazing because it's a little bit more thoughtful, intentional, and philosophical. It's principle-based, right? So that you can take a look and see the principle behind each of these top opportunities. How does this apply for my business? And how can I start to implement it? And what speaks to me? What sparks that interest and goes, yes, I think this is something that I could get on board with. Yes, this is an opportunity that I can actually see me taking advantage of and really going all in and creating some momentum on. What is that for you? I'm like genuinely curious. If, if you feel opening to share, then feel free to post it on social, tag me, send me a, a DM on Instagram, and let me know which one of these top five opportunities are you going to leverage in 2022 so that you can amplify your ability to generate more results and to see more momentum build and grow. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I want to just give you all a shout out. And I just encourage you as you kind of close out the year to start the year with excitement, but also congratulate yourself for all the work and effort that has gone into making 2021, whatever kind of year it has been for you. It is definitely bigger, better, bolder than probably where you were last year. And if for any reason it's not, Give yourself grace and permission that tomorrow's a new day, next year's a new year, and you can start it off today, right now, 
by making a commitment to doing something differently. And if that means that you implement one thing from this episode and what you've listened to and what you've gleaned, then I want to encourage you and just be your cheerleader and be in your corner. If you would like more help and support, come and join us inside of Sales Mastery Society, my exclusive inner circle for ambitious entrepreneurs just like you looking to master the sales game and making sure that you have the skills necessary so that you can focus more on the things that you love to do, your zone of genius. You can find out more details at salesmasterysociety.com. I would love to see you in there. And with that, we will see you over in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.